my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I'm bringing you a special episode, February 3rd is a special day for those out there that own Golden Retrievers. It's National Golden Retriever Day, and I thought, you know what? There's a particular episode of Full House I think fits this category, and that is the season eight, the final season of Full House, the series premiere, season eight, episode one, Comet's Excellent Adventure. This episode aired September 27th, 1994. In this episode... <laughs> Comet the dog runs away. The Rippers no longer want Jesse in their band, and DJ ends a relationship with a rich boyfriend who we're actually just meeting in this episode. Yes, that rich boyfriend, Nelson, is played by Jason Marston, the voice of Max Goop. He was also on Boy Meets World. He played Eric Matthews, Corey Matthews' older brother's best friend for, I think, maybe one or two seasons, maybe. But, um, yeah, I just, I honestly tried to do this episode last year and around this time and shortly after it just, uh, with everything else that happened with the winter storm, it just, it didn't work out. So I'm like, I'm doing it this year. Okay. Oh, there's connections. Okay. Of course, title reference, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay. So this episode has a 7.1 out of 10 based on 231 ratings directed by Joel Zwick writers Jeff Franklin and Dennis Rinsler and Mark Warren alright we got some trivia <laughs> the episode was filmed in San Francisco and is the only one filmed there Okay, the first and only time we get to see the fourth wall of the living room, so basically the TV with a wall behind it, <laughs> aside where the show is filmed from. Okay, Jesse's bandmate Lanny is shown playing the guitar while it is stated in previous episodes that he plays the bass. This is the first time they announce Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen as twins in this title. This is Nelson's first appearance, and the Rippers, spoiler alert, vote Jesse out of their band. You know what? I figure it was a long time coming. Jesse is, and they're going to say, you have too many other things going on right now in your life. You know, Jesse owns a Smash Club. He's also a radio DJ with Joey, the Rush Hour Renegades. And then it just seems like, you know, and he also has a family. He's just got so many other commitments that... He really doesn't have time to commit to the band. So, actually, we do have Jesse's, you know, bandmates, the Rippers. We have Lanny Cordula, 
playing Lanny. We have Gary Griffin, who we've known since season one, playing Gary. And we have Roger Lodge. Also, I remember him from season one playing Roger. So it's interesting that these guys got to keep their real names as characters. That is really cool. Let's see. And I checked. There are no, no user reviews. All right. Goofs. After Jesse blows out the fuses in his recording studio, the smoke clears instantly between shots. Continuity. When Comet gets lost, he runs away from Michelle with his leash still attached to his collar. However, when we see Comet with a female dog in a later scene, the leash is gone. Of course. You don't want a dog running away with a leash attached to it because that could easily get caught on something and he could choke. We don't want that for Comet. So, I do remember the anticipation of waiting for this episode. It was just, I was so excited. Because this episode aired on, you know, September 27th, 1994. So, I would have been in sixth grade when the final season aired and it was such a big deal I remember you know getting one of the TV guides and just like oh, I can't wait and then I go and they must have changed the day, the air date on it because I swear that was a you know full house moved to Tuesdays and like the last couple seasons of the show it was on Tuesdays it wasn't on like Fridays anymore so when I turn on my TV I'm like okay I can't wait full house uh, you know, I watched the previews for the new season coming up, and I'm like, yeah, turn it on. What's on? Home Improvement. I was so angry. Nothing against Home Improvement. Great show. But I'm like, where's Full House? This doesn't make any sense. I even went out to the living room and yelled, you know, at my dad, like, can you believe this? Look, it's right here in black and white on this TV guide. It says Full House is airing at 8 o'clock. What is up with this? So, uh, yeah, I swear, I think, I didn't get the dates where I think they must have moved it. Because that TV guide, you know, once that's printed, that's basically set in stone there. It, when it, it says when it airs, it airs when it's, it's, it's printed right there. So, yeah. To say I was extremely disappointed is an understatement. <laughs> I was full on fuming. I was that angry. So, Yeah. I just thought it's National Golden Retriever Day. You guys who have listened to the podcast know the want of my heart is to get a Golden Retriever. One day in my life as an adult, I plan that uh, that's going to happen. That is going to happen. And when it does, I want you all cheering and clapping and yay, yay, finally it happened. (laughs) No. So, yeah, before we jump into the episode, of course... For all you Tanner newbies, want to let you know how you can find the podcast on social media. It has its own Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The All My Lanto Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up in the search bar. Click on it. Like it. Follow it. That way you know what episodes I'm doing. Because I don't do episodes in order of air date or season by season. That's not how I do it. I do it in order of themes. Right now with February... I am covering episodes for the Dating Disasters, Valentine's Day, Romance Hit or Miss kind of thing. 
it's, it's just going to be called the Dating Disasters series, by the way. So, yeah. Also, another thing, this is a clean ears of all ages, full house, fuller house podcast. So you don't have to worry about F-bombs, S-bombs, H-bombs being dropped. You can listen to it with your kids around. You can listen to it on a, on a speaker in in public if you want to. So just, it is safe. I just, I wanted there to be a podcast out there where I could reminisce about how much I love Full House and Fuller House with other people that grew up with the show or are even just discovering it for the first time. I wanted you to be able to enjoy in that without me dropping any, you know, naughty bombs, if you will. Another thing is, you can listen to the podcast on your podcast app through iTunes or the SoundCloud app. And if you want to get your voice heard on the podcast, you have an opinion as far as what your your favorite episodes of either Full House or Fuller House, your favorite character, episode, storyline, any of that. If you have Full House fan fiction, I would love to read it. So, if you want to send an email, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. So, tomorrow's Friday, and I will be uploading the first episode in the Dating Disaster series entitled Triple Date. That's from Season 2. And then the next episode will be Season 3's Lust in the Dust. After that will be Season 6's The Dating Game. And then, at the very end of the month, I do plan... A special My Funny Valentine because it has Valentine in the title and it's about Joey dating a female comic who ends up roasting the Tanners in her comedy act and it doesn't go over so well with them. They're not a fan of being roasted, which honestly I probably wouldn't be either because I'm very sensitive when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, also, one last thing if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show support, you can do so by going to iTunes, Apple Podcast, and clicking on the Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast, scrolling down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. You can use emojis if you'd like. You can tell me your favorite episode, favorite character from either show. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans, new and old like yourselves. So... Without further ado, let's jump into the cold open of Comet's Excellent Adventure, the season 8 premiere. Uh So, the cold open takes place in the living room. Everyone is looking for a particular something. It's not hard to guess what it is because, like, oh, I can't find it. They're searching in the couch cushions. And Michelle says, we have to hurry. It's going to start soon. And Danny comes out from the laundry room into the living room and says, hey, I, I checked the washer, the dryer, I even checked the lint trap. Nothing. And Joey comes down the stairs and says, hey, guys, guess what? Good news. And they're like, hey, you found it? And he's like, no. Joey says, but I found this bear claw in my slipper. He found it in a slipper that is nasty. It's probably hard as a rock. Throw it out. Just throw it out. How is it not covered in, like, ants or whatever? I don't know. Wash those slippers. That's what I say. 
season eight, just Joey has got a lion's mane. Really, it seems like in the towards the very end of the show, it's just crazy lion's mane hair. I don't think we've seen his hair this wacky since season one. Oh my goodness. I don't know why, but I always digged Joey when he had short hair. I just, I don't know why, but I just found him very, I mean, he's an attractive man, but when he has the short hair, like in season six, he just looks very, very on point. DJ comes in from outside and says, it's not outside, it just disappeared. Becky and Jesse come down with Nikki and Alex and say, well, you know, we checked all the boys' secret hiding places. And Jesse says, let's, them we all know what's lost, right? We can all say it's a remote. He's like, it's official. The remote is lost. And we all know in the 90s, apparently, if you don't have that remote, well, you can't work your TV. I think that's even the case with nowadays these flat screens. You gotta have that remote on you. Otherwise, what? You can't really do anything with it. I mean, you could, but it'd be a pain. Heaven forbid I have to get up and, you know, go over to the TV to turn up the volume or change the channel. Ooh. I still remember when I first used the quick view on my grandparents' remote, which lets you flip-flop between two channel stations. I was scared to death to hit that because I thought, I mean, I was young. I thought I was going to mess up their TV or something. But, and then I, I, I quickly, after I hit that button, I turned it right back. I'm like, okay, everything's fine. The TV's fine. The remote, everything's fine. It's fine. And the family, yeah, after Jesse says it's official, the remote is lost. So they all sit down just dejected, like, fine, I guess we have to uh, just deal with it now. We just got to accept that the remote is lost and whatever's on TV, I guess, is what we're going to be watching. And Danny says, you know, one of us could just walk over to the TV and hit the power button. Yeah, but which one of you is it going to be? And the twin in red is like, no way. DJ says, look, Comet's got it. He's got the remote. Yes. Also, another thing, this season, the final season... We have Comet 2.0. This is not the same dog that was in season four through season seven. That was a different dog. And yeah, I love how Comet goes and he sits right in front of the TV, you know, behind the coffee table and in front of the uh, the couch there in between. He's got the remote in his mouth and like, oh, hey, you found Good boy, Comet. And Michelle says, quick, on, boy. And he, the family, yeah, we do see the fourth wall with these pictures and the TV. And it's like we're looking over the shoulders of Jesse, Becky, Nikki, Alex, and Comet as the Full House theme starts off. When Jesse points, it's like the Full House yellow logo that we're all familiar with pops out of the TV screen and is like right front and center in our faces right behind the shoulders of Jesse and Becky. I'm like, wow, that's kind of freaky. It's not in the kitchen. We have to find it. It's going to start soon. 
I checked the washer, I checked the dryer, I even checked the lint trap. Nothing. Hey, guys, good news. You found it? Nope, but I found this bear claw on my slipper. It's not outside. It just disappeared. Well, we checked all the boys' secret hiding places. It's official. The remote is lost. <laughs> you know, one of us could actually just walk over to the TV and hit the power button. No way. <laughs> Look, Comet's got it. Good boy, Comet. Quick, on, boy. So, yeah, I just think that's really cool that <laughs> Michelle says, on, boy. He, you hear that audible click on the remote, and it just, boom, turns on. The show comes to life. I honestly, did any of you, when watching a new season of a show that you watch on the regular, ever get excited for the new... Not so much the new theme song, but, like, the new, like, pictures of the actors and everything like that. Just like, ooh, I can't wait to see their uh, their title card come up. With, you know, we got starring John Stamos. He's leaning against a car. His arms folded. We got Danny coming up the sidewalk with a couple of bags that he's just returning home from a trip somewhere. Oh, God, that just, uh, it hits me. It hurts seeing Bob Saget there. I'm like, no, Bob. We got Golden Mane Joey Gladstone here rolling up on some rollerblades in the park. And I love how he's got a flannel shirt, like, wrapped around his waist. He is decked out in blue. And I love how the, um, the bay right behind him is just... Look, look at the, the day, like, how they shot these is a gorgeous, gorgeous day out for all of the, the characters. We got DJ, oh my gosh, with the suspenders, not a fan. I'm definitely not a fan of her wearing the tie. I've never been into that. I just, I don't know. I think she, she started that this season. It just, mm, not a fan. Girls wearing ties, no thank you. Got her, she's on one of those trolley car type things, and she's holding on to the rail like she just stepped off where you would normally step onto a trolley car. And it looks like she's wearing some type of you know, with the tie and the shirt and then the suspenders. It almost looks like she's going to what, Quinn? What's up? Hey, fuzzy butt, what you doing? Goob. Well, uh, we got Jody Sweeten here, of course, with this gorgeous dress, white dress with blue markings on it, and she's you know walking in the in the water there of the bay, just you know walking along the sand in the water, and ah, oh, gorgeous. It's just like you knew it was a gorgeous day when they filmed these, you know, actor and actress title cards for the theme song. We got Becky, who looks like she's standing looking out over, like, um, an observation deck in a way with the camera. The bay is right behind her. We got Andrea Barber. We got, um, and I love she's holding, she's got a hot dog, so she's at, like, one of those street vendors with a hot dog, mustard, and I like how she's wearing 
this yellow short sleeve shirt, but then she's wearing a red, um, excuse me, no, a blue and white type of, uh, it looks like almost like an overall type of dress because we don't see from the waist down. But I like how the yellow goes with the mustard bottle. And then, of course, you know, her her name pops up and it's in yellow. It seems like for a long time, Full House, the title card was in white. And then eventually it moved on to yellow, which I think we're all familiar with. Yeah. She's just got a big smile on her face. Gosh, Andrea Barber, all the girls, all the women on the show and Fuller House, they're gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous women. We have Blake and Dylan Tumoy Wilhout. Wilhoit? I'm sorry. Um, and I love how they're kissing Comet on the top of the head. Aw, they're bending down and kissing him. Yeah, because I felt like the other one had them, like, rubbing Comet's belly in season seven or something like that. It was really cute. And we have Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen finally billed as two actresses yeah and you get the as michelle and i like how it's it's not a caricature caricature drawing that the guy's doing it's an actual nice little uh hand-drawing uh picture of her and she's sitting in what looks like a director's chair she's wearing a white shirt with three hearts two are like the plaid black and white and then the other one in the middle is like the white and black Quinn, you can't get out there you go. <laughs> and she's got the plaid and white, uh, or plaid and black and white and black plaid skirt. It's really cute. It, and her, her red scrunchie just all matches, all goes together. And of course, this had to have been from, is this season three or season four Danny hair? I think it's season four Danny hair. Because you got the guys, Jesse, of course, wearing sunglasses. They're all kind of sitting on the dock here on a railing. Jesse, of course, wearing his light blue suit jacket with a white t-shirt underneath. Joey's wearing kind of an olive gray short sleeve shirt with a... He's doing like the 80s sweatshirt draped over the shoulder and then knotted in front of the chest. And of course Danny's wearing his Danny sweaters with the multicolors. And it's <laughs> so yes. Oh, it says there's the yeah, there's a boat right there that says Mother Therese. Of course this is season four's uh very end clip where the family is on a blanket in the park. <laughs> little little four-year-old Michelle this had had because yeah this is in, in season four that's when Stephanie had the straight hair and you know DJ was about 14 at this point and I'm kind of wondering out of all the thing I, I'm sure there's got to be a list out there of the uh, typical things a person you loses like almost on a weekly basis like losing car keys, your phone, the remote. Unless you're putting it on the coffee table, you know that you're going to be looking for that remote otherwise. Like, is it in the couch cushions? Did it slip between the couch cushions again? It didn't? Oh, yeah. And another thing is, like, if you don't put your keys on your, if you have a key ring that's kind of, like, hanging 
on the wall or like one that's attached to like the outgoing mail that you usually put like right by the door you know your keys are gonna be or <laughs> your phone how many times a day do i'm like where did i put my phone oh now we're down in the recording studio jesse's having a rehearsal although i don't know what if you really want to call it that since nikki and alex are down there so he's probably watching the kids and this is not is this the same drum set that's been around since season six with the twins when in the season six opener come fly with me because it doesn't look like if it it just looked no this is not the same one because the other one had like a purple zigzag pattern like in the front bottom drum so i was like all right let's start jamming and immediately we got one of the twins uh that's wearing red plaid sleeveless red plaid shirt with a hood the other one's wearing the green plaid with a hood both are wearing backwards hats and the other one in green is jamming on his little toy guitar and the rippers are not having this it's like we're here to rehearse and we you're basically on babysitting duty with your kids you can't do both oh jesse couldn't be more like oh my gosh my kids are so cute aren't they cute gary and lanny and even roger like oh my gosh and putting up with jesse's family for what feels like eight years because they have <laughs> well when jesse since it is jesse and the rippers and he pretty much dictates oh the rehearsal is going to be at my place don't worry about my family and stuff they'll work around it jesse's like oh you guys might not recognize it but that that's satisfaction right there it doesn't sound like any song i've ever heard in my life and i've heard satisfaction and that was not even any closer resembling it and Gary holding his precious keytars like, hey Jess, you might not recognize it, but we're trying to rehearse here. So Jesse's like, alright boys, listen to your Uncle Gary, okay? If you want to grow up and be good, strong musicians, musicians, you gotta rehearse. He's like, now let's practice that Mick Jagger thing we've been doing. Let's see it. And the kids like stick the hand like behind the back kind of cupped out, the hand kind of cupped outward and it's just <laughs> they do like what is it like the duck lip the duck lip purse like purse lips kind of thing and jesse is just like <laughs> you see that they got the lip they got the stance is it and he realized like these guys are not smiling they're not enjoying this like we only have so much time to rehearse until we have to go back to our regular lives like this is for them I mean, yeah, they play gigs, but this for them is probably how they unwind after coming, you know, getting away from their real jobs and their life. Like, this is them decompressing. You know, this is their, this is a hobby probably more for them. They're not looking to get a big career out of this, I can't imagine. I mean, eight years, they really haven't. Like, two other guys here that... I don't know who they are. They look like newcomers. Oh, Jesse finally gets things under control. It's like, all right, boys, go play with your Play-Doh. Watch Daddy play some music now. It's like, why are they even down there? Because then after that, we start getting interruptions from Becky and then Joey. It's like, 
what happened to that red light where it's like when the red light is on it means i'm doing stuff so please don't come down to, to the studio so yeah and she's asking oh my gosh she comes down like oh honey i'm sorry i hate to interrupt but which one of these swizzle sticks do you want for the smash club and then jesse the fact that he's like oh well you see, guys, this is an important decision. When you own a club, as I do, every every decision you make is critical. And she says, um, yeah, the blue ones are cheaper. He's like, all right, then we'll go with that. <laughs> and honestly, is this not a thing that maybe could have waited till after rehearsal? It's not like a, honey, they're on the phone. They need an answer right now. Which swizzle stick do you want? So sticks look like something you would get from a, like, party city or something. He even says, like, even the swizzle stick is a science kind of thing. And everyone, literally every guy, that they're literally rolling their eyes so, so hard. Like, and I bet anything with the decision that they have come up with, they've been probably talking about that for years. And it's just come to a culmination. Like, we cannot ignore this anymore. We need to... Yeah. Yeah. And he was he's like, well, it's got to be durable, stirrable. It's got to set the right mood. If blue ones are cheaper, are, are fine. That blue sets the right mood. That's fine. Yeah. And then Roger's like, Jess, what are we going to be in the right mood to play music? Huh? What? He is so distracted right now. It's like, every, you know, as soon as you start playing, there's going to be another interruption. Ugh. Right now, right now, seriously. I mean, my head's. I'm. Let's do this. Let's just do it. And he's. All right. One, two, three. And then all of a sudden, boom! Here comes Joey with a problem at the radio station. He starts screaming because they're playing music. Joey runs out. He's like, Jess, I need us at the radio station right away. And Jesse's like, Wait, what? And then he cuts the music off. And Joey's like, Jess, I need us at the... Oh, right. Yeah, look, they need us at the radio station right away. Uh, apparently, yeah. There's like... Because they're the Rush Hour uh, Renegades. There's also the... Mor I think Morning Maniacs Weekend Wackos. And just these weird, weird... Rush Hour Renegades is pretty cool, though. But the... So they're the Rush Hour Renegades, and apparently before them, before they go on, there's the Lunchtime Lunatics, which my guess is they probably go from like 11 until 4 or something like that. Or 3, maybe, I don't know. Apparently the Lunchtime Lunatics quit because they got in a big argument with the Morning Maniacs, who was going to fill in for the, well, who's going to fill in for the Weekend Wackos. What? What? <laughs> Weird names. And Joey says, you know, Jess, it's getting crazy down there. And Jesse's like, alright, meet me upstairs. I'll be up there in a few. So he turns to the band and says, look guys, we're gonna have to cut it short again. And uh, the band is, they're done. They're just over this. Like, Jess, man, we're tired of cutting it short, okay? You keep cutting out a rehearsal all the time and we've had enough. And, yeah, Roger's the one that tells him, like, look, Jess, we're tired of cutting it short, okay? And Jesse's like, what are you talking about? Wouldn't you be irritated if ever you go over, you take time out of your life and your schedule to do something, to go to a rehearsal, 
And because something is up with the lead singer, like, oh, I got other commitments. I got it. We got to cut this short. I'd be like, I don't want to be a part of this band anymore because you're clearly not committed to what you're doing. And Roger says, listen, this is the hardest thing we've ever had to do. But me and the band, we took a vote and we voted you out of the band. Took a vote and voted him out of the band. Jesse is surprised to hear this. Like, what do you mean you voted me out of the band? We have a big gig next weekend. What classifies as a big gig? <laughs> oh, this is right. Yeah, because this is before this other band that he creates, the Hot Daddy and the Monkey Puppets. I like just seeing the rappers better. <laughs> Jesse thinks it's like this big, like an April Fool's joke. Like, oh, you knuckleheads. That's funny. That's really funny. You guys got me. And Roger's like, look, Jess, we're not trying to be funny here. I honestly kind of wonder, when the guys were taking a vote, I'm like, like it's not working out with Jesse. we got to cut him loose, okay? Even though it is Jesse and the Rippers. And I'm just thinking that, um, <laughs> how did they decide who was going to be the one to tell Jesse about this? Because they're like, hey, look, Gary, you've known him longer than I have. You know, you've been with Jesse since the beginning. Maybe it should be you. And she's like, Gary's like, no, Roger, look, he'd take it better coming from you. Oh, and the way that Jesse's like, oh, you knuckleheads, like he's lightly touching them on this, the bottom of the cheek. And the guys, oh, they are not. They're just, even the other two guys that I mentioned that I've never seen before, they're not part of this conversation. It's mainly just Roger, Gary, and Lanny because they've been there since the beginning. And Roger's like, hey, man, I'm not trying to be funny here, okay? Look, you're just, you're not into the band anymore. You have all these other things going on, which Roger makes a great point. He does. He's got his radio show, the Smash Club, his family. <laughs> That is a lot of things high on the priority list. I mean, it's not like they're like making albums and they need to record to hit a deadline or anything. This is just like a leisurely hobby activity that you do in your spare time to decompress. Right, Clem? Yeah, you've got all this other stuff in your life now, man. I mean, you've lost your passion for the music. If you are so easily distracted and you're fine with just cutting rehearsal, yes, you clearly have lost your passion for the music. If you were that passionate about the music, like, hey, look, there's a red light here. When you go down, you are not to interrupt my session time when that red light. He made a point of saying that, although that was more like, that means I'm recording. Please don't come down and interrupt. But he should still instill, he should be instilling this, like, hey, whatever it is, unless the house is on fire, do not come down here. If the house is on fire, just do three knocks on the door, I'll hear it, and then, or, you, I don't know. But anyway, it's just like, ay ay ay. Or they could do, like, with the light, just flash it on and off, like, well, no, whatever, look, just... If he were that passionate about it, he would want no distractions. He would be putting his all into it. And he's clearly not. It's almost like he welcomes this, these distractions. And he treats this band like 
it's it almost feels like he's he's the band itself has become an inconvenience in in itself. Like when I get a minute, when I get like a half hour, like hey, come on over. I got like a half hour before I have to go to work. Come on over and we'll jam. And yeah, and Jesse's like, oh, I haven't lost my passion. I mean, you guys are serious about this, really? So here are the guys that we've not heard of. Johnny Lowend, which I don't know how he earned that nickname. Some guy named Tony, but then you got your Gary, and apparently Jesse always gets this guy's name wrong. Lonnie, when it's actually Lanny. Gary's been with him since the beginning. Lonnie. He says, it's Lanny. Okay, I gotta, I'm gonna have to look at the end of this episode and see how many episodes Roger and Gary, and especially Lanny, how long that they have been doing how many episodes of Full House. He's like, oh yeah, that's right, Lanny, the, the land man, the guy I like to call Lanny. Gary takes his guitar, he turns to Jesse and says, Jess, hey man, I'm sorry. It's over, like... Like finality, like just we're we're done here, man. We're not coming over here anymore. You're we're not gonna see each other anymore after this. Except they do in Fuller House. That's the thing. In season eight, they join up with Barry Williams and form Barry and the Rippers. But in Fuller House, in that episode, our very first show again, they are back as the Rippers. So, in the 20-some years between Full House ending and Fuller House starting up in 2016, they clearly all reconciled. Jesse's like, guys, it's like his heart is breaking right now because we've known them since, I think, wasn't it season two it was Jesse and the Rippers, right? Because before, in season one, he was Jesse Cochran. I was trying to think if at any point in season one he referred to his band when we did. We saw them in our very first night. I'm trying to recall other times that we might have seen the Rippers in season one and I'm just not coming up with it. But I mean, I mean, unless he, that's eight years that he's been with the Rippers. So unless prior to that he had been with the Rippers. Well, wait a minute. There's our, um, the seven-month itch when he goes up to Tahoe to go skiing with Samantha, and he's with the Rippers then, so I don't know. And, oh, poor Nikki and Alex, they feel bad for their dad. One of the, the, the one in the green plaid says, does your friends want to play anymore? Jesse says, not with me. Aw, well, I don't know what to tell you, Jess. Unless you lose one of your other commitments. They go and give their dad a hug. Aww. Thing. Two. Three. Ah! <laughs> so that's great. You guys may not recognize it, but, but that's satisfaction. No, it's not. Yes. You might not recognize it, but we're trying to rehearse here. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Right. Hey, boys. Listen to your Uncle Gary. If you want to grow up and be good, strong musicians, you got to rehearse. Now, let's uh, let's practice that Mick Jagger thing we've been doing. Let's see it. 
<laughs> you see that? They got the lift. They got the stance. They got. You guys don't care. All right, uh, boys, uh, go play with your play-doh and watch Daddy play some music, okay? Here we go. One more time. One, two, three. Yes, honey. I hate to interrupt, but which one of these swizzle sticks do you want to choose for the Smash Club? Oh, all right. Sorry, guys. You know, when you own a club, as I do, every decision is critical. I mean, even the swizzle stick is a, is a science kind of thing. I mean, it's got to be durable, stirable. It's got to set the right mood. Blue ones are cheaper. Blue sets the right mood. Those are ugly. Jason, what are you going to be in the right mood to play a little music, huh? Right now. Right now. Sorry. Let's do it. Uh, one, two, three. They need us down at the radio station right away. What are you talking about? We're the Rush Hour Renegades. What happened to the lunchtime lunatics? Oh, they quit. They got in a big argument with the uh, morning maniacs over who was going to fill in for the weekend wackos. <laughs> it's getting crazy down there, Jess. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, uh, meet me upstairs. I'll be up there in a few minutes. Okay. Hey, guys, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to cut it short. Jess, we're tired of cutting it short, man. What are you talking about? Listen, this is the hardest thing we've ever had to do. Mm -hmm. But the guys and I, we took a vote, and we voted you out of the band. What do you mean, out of the band? We got we have a big gig next weekend. You got... You knuckleheads. <laughs> oh. That's funny. Jess, I'm not trying to be funny. Look, you're just not into the band anymore. I mean, you got all this other stuff in your life now, man. You've, you've lost your passion for the music. I'm sorry. I've lost my passion. You... You guys are serious about this? Come on, you guys are like family. Johnny Lowen, Tony, Gary, Lonnie. It's Lanny. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. Lanny, right. Lanny, La the guy I like to call Lanny. The landman. Yes. I'm really sorry. It's over. Guys. We've never seen him before, but apparently he and DJ have been dating all eight weeks of summer. <laughs> this is summer, right? I guess. I don't know. So, yeah. He's like, hey, you know, I had a lot of fun today, DJ. And DJ's like, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun, too. So this really, Nelson, it's not that he's not a sweet guy and everything. He really is, but he's just... He's pretty bland. He just, there's not much there. So I can understand why she ends up wanting to break up with him. And I, apparently this was a uh, group hang with the, th the two sisters and best friend. Like, and, uh, Nelson's like, uh, wow, I thought this was going to be a date. But apparently you got to bring your two sisters and your best friend along. And... <laughs> Kimmy, who put the armor around Nelson, is like, Deej, this guy is the perfect boyfriend. She brings in this, it's like the, this stuffed animal looks like the Chester, the che Cheetah from the Cheetos commercials, but he's pink. 
with the black spots and he's got some green sunglasses and a backwards orange hat. And Kimmy is also holding in her hand what looks like the cardboard tube of uh, cotton candy. What is... Is that part of his vest? I'm looking at Nelson's vest and I'm like, what... Who designed this? Because it says, like, modern mechanics or something. It's just... I don't know what his vest... Because I know, really, that the show does not have any name brand clothes. It's all something that um, a costume designer designs. At first I thought he's like, he's got a Modern Mechanics magazine he's holding, but no, it's actually part of the vest because you see part of it on the other side as well. Of course, this is where we hear that Nelson is loaded financially because Kimmy says, I mean, he's so rich, he cashed a check and the bank bounced. <laughs> Yikes. Here comes Steph. She's got a stuffed animal too. I can't really see what it is. But she's like, hey Nelson, thanks for inviting us today. You are a prince and a half. And here comes Michelle also holding a stuffed animal. She says, the rides, the games, the shows, you have the best backyard. What? This is very interesting. I... I Wow, I want to visit this backyard of Nelson's. It sounds like it's an amusement park and a carnival all rolled into one. With the best carnival slash amusement park food you could ever consume. <laughs> Here, he, he, he could not get a moment. I think, honestly, I think that DJ invited Kimmy and Steph and Michelle along as kind of a buffer because she's not really feeling the vibe with Nelson, which we're going to get. And as soon as Nelson leaves, she's going to spill. I was like, eh, not really. Yeah. But here comes Kimmy. Like, so, Nelly boy, what are you treating us to next weekend? It's like, they are clearly taking advantage of Nelson and his mom. Well, Steph, Michelle, and Kimmy are really... <laughs> Milking Nelson's money for all he's worth. I mean, when it comes to cool, cool fun. Because this is as closest they're going to ever be to this kind of money, like, ever. <laughs> Kimmy is wearing the saddest looking bolo tie I have ever seen. If you remember from Fast Friends in Season 7, when Aaron was wearing that, it's like an Aztec print shirt with a teal. And then he had this sweet bolo tie that I just fell in love with. I don't wear bolo ties myself, but his was pretty rocking. Kimmy's is just a sad, sad, just sad imitation of what Aaron's bolo tie was. It's not even... Okay, so it is summer because Nelson brings up, well, my father is throwing the end of the summer soiree on one of our yachts. He says, well, I mean, it's the little one, but it should still be fun. Like, hey, y'all into coming? He probably figures, like, if, if I don't invite Kimmy and DJ's sisters, then I don't get to spend time with DJ. It's almost like it's a package deal. Like, I'll go with you, but you have to include my sisters and Kimmy. Of course, they're all like, yeah, sure, that'd be fun. Those... <laughs> Steph, those 
I know they're not like the coolest things in the world. They're I they're not even the only one that even looks like a character. Like I said, is the pink Chester the cheetah with the cheetah dot neo black spots. That is the only one that even looks like it could resemble an actual character that we would know. Oh, Nelson says, I will see you later. He takes DJ's hand and kisses her lightly on the cheek. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's about as much as Nelson is going to get from DJ. Because he's not Steve. He is not Steve. Now, I'm going to ask y'all. Nelson and Viper. Which one do you like better? I, um... I don't know about Viper. I've never really, I didn't vibe with him. I just, and Nelson really does, other than his money, there is no personality to this guy. It, it, we don't get enough time with Nelson to really develop his personality. I wish that Scott Weinger, who plays Steve, I mean, even if he could fit in an appearance on Full House on occasion, I would honestly, if we could have even gotten that, like maybe a couple to three, like little spots on season eight, I would gladly drop Nelson and Viper for just a hint of Steve. Because, I mean, she just broke up with him, like at the halfway point in season seven. And it's just these are Nelson and Viper are subpar replacements to. And then even though they seem like caricatures when you get that DJ and Kimmy's high school reunion episode. It's just, they're just sad sacks of these versions that they were on Full House. And it's just extremely sad. Kimmy actually puckers her lips like Nelson was going to kiss her goodbye. Girl, don't be scamming on your best friend's guy, even if she's not that into him. Kimmy looks disappointed when she shuts the door. Like, Kimmy, come on. Stop going after DJ's leftovers. Because there is an episode in season 8 where she is dating Nelson for an episode. And it just, it feels wrong. Isn't there a girl code that is like, you don't go after your best friend's exes, hence their leftovers? That's, it's like, once, yeah, just, come on now. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Stephanie is, Stephanie is like jazz. Like, oh, a party on a yacht. Imagine me, little Stephanie Tanner, rubbing elbows with the rich and the famous. What does Nelson's father do again? Do we learn? And Michelle is like, you know, I'll party with him, but do I gotta rub him? Where did that term, rubbing elbows, where did that term come from? Oh, here's where DJ drops the bomb to the girls. Look, Nelson's a great guy, but I'm breaking up with him. And the girls are all like, what? And DJ says, look, I just, I don't feel any chemistry between us. Would you stay with someone if you didn't feel any chemistry whatsoever? I've heard of the term milk toast person when it comes to personalities and stuff, and it just Nelson is such an underdeveloped character that we really don't know anything about him other than he has a lot of money, and he likes to he flaunts his money. He just 
it just in his mannerisms it just feels like like I could buy you this or I could he even uses that as a bargaining chip when DJ is ending it with him like I could buy you a nice fridge really Nelson that's a sign of desperation I'm sorry but it is and she explains, which apparently the uh, Kimmy and Steph and Michelle don't understand. She says, if I don't end it now, I'm just going to be leading him on. And they're like, well, can't you lead him on just a little for us to be able to get on that yacht, please? Yeah, Kimmy says, well, can't you just lead him on to the yacht for one more party? And Kimmy, <laughs> Kimmy, <laughs> she is just like... This is as close to money as Kimmy's going to get, or any of the girls, to be honest, is through DJ. And DJ says, look, just because he has a, a, an ATM in his living room, how rich is Nelson, though? Honestly, he's got a carnival amusement park in his backyard. He, he's got his own limo. He's got an ATM in his living room. He's got a fleet of yachts. I don't get it. What does his dad do? I mean, he can afford to buy the Golden Gate Bridge or the Bay Bridge or something. <laughs> Michelle, as DJ goes upstairs, Michelle turns to, to Stephanie and says, Sorry, Steph. Looks like you're back to rubbing poor people. <laughs> it's a wonderful time with you today, Deej. Uh, yeah. I had a lot you of fun too, Nelson. Deej. This guy is the perfect boyfriend. I mean, he's so rich, he cashed a check and the bank bounced. <laughs> hey, Nelson, thanks for inviting us today. You're a prince and a half. The rides, the games, the shows, he had the best backyard. <laughs> so, Nelly boy, what are you treating us to next weekend? Well, actually, uh, my father is throwing an end of the summer soiree on one of our yachts. It's the little one, but it should still be fun. I'm going to Sure. Yeah. Sounds great. Right. I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> wow, a party on a yacht. Imagine me, little Stephanie Tanner, rubbing elbows with the rich and famous. I'll party with them, but do I gotta rub them? Yes. Look, Nelson's a great guy, but I'm breaking up with him. What? what? I just don't feel any chemistry between us. And if I don't end it now, I'm just going to be leading him on. Well, can't you just lead him on to the yacht for one more party? <laughs> Look, I'm not going to stay with a guy just because he has an ATM in his living room. Sorry, Steph. Looks like you're back to rubbing poor people. So now Jesse is in the kitchen venting to Becky about the fact that the Rippers dropped them from the group. And we, uh, Jesse's going on, like, I mean, come on, we're like brothers, you know? Roger, Gary, Lonnie, and Becky says, Lanny. <sighs> and I mean, I get it. You know, he's been with them for a very long time, and you know, he says, you know, it's like they stabbed me right in the heart. And, you know, Becky is understanding to a point. She's like, sweetie, I know that it hurts, but, I mean, you you gotta get on with your life. You can't keep, I mean, think about it. You got a club to run. You got a radio show to do. You can't be dwelling on this forever. And she even says, you know, I mean, so what if you don't have a band? You still have your music, right? You're still a singer. 
And Jesse is like, yeah, you know what, Becky, you're right. I'm going to do that gig next weekend as a solo artist. Um, I think the venue you booked might have an issue with that being it's Jesse and the Rippers. Not Jesse solo single artist. <laughs> and Jesse says, hey, I'm a singer slash songwriter. Jesse says, I'll write a song and slash sing it. You know, that's the thing, though. Whenever we've seen him on the show have to write a song or a hit song, you know, whether it's in order to get signed by a music label, he always really struggles with it. And then the end result is just isn't really that great, sadly. And Jesse goes over to the kitchen counter or the kitchen island and starts, he grabs a pad of paper and a pencil from the desk and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to write a hit song here. And Becky's like, honey, that's great. That's the right attitude to have. Anger slash bitterness isn't going to get you anywhere. I can't believe the Rippers dumped me like that. I mean, we're like brothers. Roger, Gary, Lonnie. Lanny. <laughs> You know, it, it's like they stabbed me right in the heart. Sweetie, I know that it hurts, but you gotta get on with your life. I mean, so you don't have a band, you still have your music. Yeah, you know what, you're right, you're absolutely right. You know, I'm gonna do that gig next weekend as a solo artist. I mean, heck, I'm a singer slash songwriter. I'll write a song and slash sing it. <laughs> that's it, honey, that's the right attitude. Anger slash bitterness isn't gonna get you in. Right, mm -hmm. got an idea right now for a new tune. Comet comes in with a rope of hot dogs and Michelle and Danny go in after the Comet. Comet, come back. Comet, what are you doing? That's our dinner. Really? Hot dogs are your dinner? <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> uh, and Michelle, of course, kind of sees like, well, Comet, he normally doesn't do this unless he hasn't been fed. He hasn't eaten all day. The way that Danny is like on his, he's crouched down almost like he's trying to, uh, like, inter not interrogate someone, but just kind of like, uh, decompress a, a situation or something to that degree. He's like, Comet, I demand you to drop those wieners. And of course, Comet obeys. He drops them. And then Michelle goes over to Comet and says, asks, Comet, didn't anyone feed you today? Well, Michelle suggests, like, well, I'll call the pizza guy. And Danny says that won't be necessary. Danny says, Comet is a smart, smart enough dog to know that if he doesn't drop those hot dogs right now, I'm going to take him back to the groomer that puts little pink bows in his hair. And Comet starts whimpering as he drops the hot dogs on the floor. Annie's the one that asks, well, why is Comet so hungry? He's normally not like this. Michelle goes over and starts petting Comet and asks him, Comet, did anyone feed you today? Come on, boy, let's get you some food. So Danny goes over to the work wheel, which is on the fridge, and says, Jesse, according to this work wheel here, it's your job to feed Comet, and you're supposed to walk him as well. Oh, FYI, tomorrow you have to walk him. I don't think there's a problem with that work wheel. I think it's creative. But Jesse is so down in the dumps about being dumped by the Rippers. They're like, Danny, look, I'm sorry, but I don't have time. 
I have too much on my mind to decode decode your stupid work wheel. So Danny explains it like it's the simplest thing in the world. You line up your name, the day, the week, the month. You lift the little flap, find your chore number, and look it up on the task table, which is right next to the work wheel. Danny says, what could be easier? And Jesse just sneers at Danny. Dude, you're going to live here in my attic rent-free. You do have to take responsibility, and one of them is walking the dog. Michelle, of course, jumps at the opportunity to walk Comet. Like, I'll walk Comet tomorrow. And Danny, this is a good thing. It's like, yes, Golden Retrievers are large dogs. Michelle is, you know, a kid. And he, Danny says, that's nice of you to offer, Michelle, but Comet would be walking you, to be honest. You do not have the strength in you to handle a dog of that size. He would basically could easily pull her off her feet, drag her into traffic. Jesse even brings that up towards the end of the movie. Or at the, the end of the episode. About just how dangerous, like... No, you are not big enough to be able to handle a dog that size. Yeah, the exact words is, Danny says, Michelle, you're a little too small to walk Comet. Comet, Comet will be walking you. And she's, you know, on the tiny... She could ride Comet like a horse. And Danny says, besides, Uncle Jesse knows it's resp his responsibility and he's going to do it with a smile. Jesse just looks up, glares at Danny, and sneers at him. Comet. 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 Comet, that's our dinner. Comet, I command you to drop those wieners. Pizza guy. That won't be necessary, honey. Comet is a smart enough dog to know that if he doesn't drop those hot dogs right now, I'm going to take him back to the groomer that puts those little pink bows in his hair. Okay. Why is Comet so hungry? Comet, did anybody feed you today? Let's get you some food. Jesse, according to the schedule here on my work wheel, today was your day to feed Comet, and FYI, tomorrow you walk him. Danny, I'm sorry, but I have too much on my mind to decode your stupid work wheel. <laughs> Jess, for the millionth time, you simply line up your name, the day, the week, the month, lift a little flap, find your magic chore number, and look it up on the task table. What could be easier? I'll walk Comet tomorrow. Michelle, you're a little too small to walk Comet. Comet will be walking you. <laughs> Besides, Uncle Jesse knows it's his responsibility, and he is going to do it with a smile. So, Jesse is hanging on the arm of the couch. He's on the phone with the person who set up, the venue who set up the gig for him and the Rippers. And he says, hey, look, this is the beauty of the thing, all right? This is what I'm going to do. You are going to, you're going to be, you're going to be in luck. Your club is going to be the first to have Jesse Katsopoulos alone and unplugged. And Jesse says, you're right, I hate it too, yep. And Jesse's like, no, no, plugged, man, plugged. I mean, plugged is really the way to go. In fact, I'm feeling really plugged right now. So, Michelle comes out with Comet's leash and says, Uncle Jesse, it's time to walk Comet. And Jesse ignores her, like, honey, I'm on the phone. Very important, important phone call 
important phone call, okay? I can't, I can't be bothered. And Jesse is just, it's like he's begging on the other, like, look, I know I promised you a band, and a band is what you're gonna get. Like, yeah, because the guy probably already ran the advertisement, or whatever, for this club, advertising Jesse and the Rippers. How's it gonna look if it's just Jesse? And Michelle says, Uncle Jesse, he really needs his walk. He's sitting with his legs crossed. Now let him out in the backyard and let him go take a dump out there, or go take a pee or whatever. He can do that in the backyard. Does he really need to take a walk to do that? I mean, I get I'm not trying to say that Jesse's in the right. He really needs to get off that phone because you know that that venue is not going to be happy with whatever Jesse thinks he can deliver with just himself. Yeah, Michelle said he really needs his walk. He's sitting with his legs crossed. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I used to do that, too, when I had to really go pee. Um, I'd always cross my legs really hard. Jesse, oh, he's like, honey, then walk him, okay? And Michelle is surprised because Danny told her no. She goes, by myself? And Jesse says, yes. Yes, whatever. So Michelle says, okay, hang on, coming, I'm coming. Before you pee all over the kitchen floor again. Babe, I don't need the rippers anymore. No, see, this is the beauty. This is the beauty behind this whole thing. Your club is going to be the first to have Jessica Tsopolis alone and unplugged. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I hate it too. No, no, no. Plugged, man. Plugged. Plugged is the way to go. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm plugged right now. Yeah. Uncle Jesse, it's time to walk Comet. Yeah, not now, sweetheart. I'm on the phone. Very important phone call. Listen, I, I know. I, I know I promised you a band, and a band is what you're going to get, okay? But Uncle Jesse, he really needs his walk. He's sitting with his legs crossed. Right. <laughs> Honey, then walk him, all right? By myself? Yes, whatever. Okay. Okay. Hang on, Comet. I'm coming. <laughs> I honestly feel like what even was the point of that phone call other than to have him distracted and allow Michelle to walk Comet. Because did he really think that that guy of that venue was going to go for that? He may as well have just not said anything, not made the call, and just showed up by himself. ay ay ay. So now we got Michelle walking Comet. I don't know how far away... She is from the house. But she's like, Comet, slow down. Because he's, he's practically, I'm surprised he hasn't pulled her off her feet yet. <laughs> Eventually she gets him to stop because she's got the leash. And she's like, wow, what are we feeding you? Like just regular dog food? That is all muscle, sweetie. That dog, a golden retriever is also, what, it's a working dog? A field dog, you know, a, a retriever. They're, I mean, it's not like they're sending Comet to uh, through agility courses and, you know, sporting events to have them like, hey, let's throw a frisbee and have you jump off this diving board or something like that. So, another thing that's interesting is this Comet, Comet 2.0 here, has a black collar. It seems like from season four to seven, Comet, when we saw him, usually only had the choke chain collar on him. He never had like a leather collar or a black collar or anything like that. So here comes 
the f the Frank Funky Frank's VW light blue sky blue bug car with a giant molded hot dog on the roof of it. Remember Funky Frank's from that episode? I'm trying to recall what it was. Play it again, Jess. I haven't covered it yet, but <laughs> they're uh, the girls are shopping with Jesse. You know, Stephanie and Michelle are, and there's like a free sample of Funky Frank's. So this is that same brand. Even has in blue letters Funky Frank spelled out on the bun that's on the roof of the, this VW bug here. And Comet gets wind of that like, hmm. He yanks that leash out of her hand and Michelle like keeps up for like two steps and just lets go. It's like If she hadn't, she would have been dragged down that sidewalk. And she's yelling at Comet like, Comet, come back. Then she says, signing says, come back. Michelle says, come back. <laughs> oh, Comet is so lucky he did not get hit by a car. And Michelle is running, and eventually she's at this large, you know, big intersection, which probably has a light. I don't see any cars, but she stops there like, Comet, come back. I'm not allowed to cross the street. And he just, he's, he's gone. And I honestly can remember... Seeing this episode, you know, air for the first time, I probably did think at that time that Comet was gone forever. Like, oh my god, I, I fear, just, oh my gosh, they lost Comet, Comet's gone forever, he's not going to be in the rest of this, this fear, like, oh my gosh, this is how they lose the dog. Yeah, she stops at this, this stop sign and says, stop Comet, I'm not allowed to cross the street. The, and the lady who's driving the Frank's truck, Funky Frank's car, doesn't, like, pull over somewhere. I mean, clearly she can see out her rearview mirror this blonde dog chasing after her vehicle. Unless she's, like, got to get back to the Funky Frank's warehouse. Or, or wherever. Or the corporate office. Uh, we see in the next hot shot here, the comet's leash is gone. I don't know what happened to it. And Michelle just, oh, she looks so sad. Like, oh, my, my family's going to kill me. I mean, if you think about it, she's known Comet pretty much just about her whole life. She was, what, three when Comet came into the family? I mean, she even picked him out of the puppies, you know, because it was the puppy that Jesse was holding. Comet, whoa! What have we been feeding you? commercial Michelle is pretty much just sitting there on the sidewalk by the crosswalk maybe hoping that Comet will just stop and turn around and go back to her because it looks like there's like a little park off to the side there 
Because then Stephanie appears out of nowhere, so maybe she was hanging out at this park. She, she, Stephanie is literally like 25 feet away. She became Michelle. It's like she could recognize the back of Michelle's head and just, it's not like <laughs> Michelle comes out to street corners and just sits on the sidewalk by the crosswalk. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Michelle, what are you doing here? You know you're not supposed to be out of the house without an adult. And Michelle is there. She's like, I, I, I lost Comet. And Stephanie's like, you what? And Michelle says, I was walking him and he ran away from me. And Stephanie even says, Michelle, you know you're not supposed to walk him by yourself. And Michelle says, Uncle Jesse said it was okay. And Stephanie's like, he would never say that. He knows that you're too, like, seriously, you're too small to walk him. And, yeah, they kind of get into a fight. And Michelle says, I don't care if you believe me or not. I just want to find him. So, Stephanie adds, Michelle, you really mess messed up big time. Which way did he go? And Michelle points, like, that way. He was chasing a giant hot dog. Well, she could have elaborated a little more, like, a hot dog that was attached to a car. It said Funky Franks on it. But, yeah, the way that she words it, it's like, that way he was chasing a humongous wiener. Just call it a hot dog. Yeah, right. In a giant bun. And Michelle said, you saw it too? But yeah, Stephanie doesn't believe her. Like, stop it. We have to find him, okay? Let's go. And, of course, Stephanie looks both ways before crossing. There was no traffic there. If there was, Comet would sadly have been hit by a car. That was a pretty big intersection for having... No traffic whatsoever. Hey, Michelle. Michelle, what are you doing here? I, I lost Comet. You what? I was walking him and he ran away from me. Michelle, you know you're not supposed to walk him by yourself. Uncle Jesse said it was okay. He would never say that. I don't care if you believe me or not. I just want to find him. Michelle, you really messed up big time. Which way did he go? That way, he was chasing a humongous wiener. Yeah, right, in a big giant bun. You saw it too? Stop it, okay? We have to find him, come on. Stephanie is wearing li red lipstick, kind of almost like a, maybe a burgundy color, but it matches her red shirt. Also, um, Michelle's over blue overalls, it's like they really fancified those, the costume designer, with these flower power petals. And she's wearing like a little, um, Michelle's wearing like, she's got her hair in a ponytail. And then it's got like a little sunflower clip. I thought, oh, that's cute. So, yeah, we see the VW bug driven by a man in sunglasses <laughs> uh, with the funky, you know, funky Frank's hot dog. And as the guy's crossing intersections, there's literally no traffic around. And Comet just keeps chasing this thing. He's like, Come on, seriously, how many miles you've been driving and you still haven't pulled over? I, you see a dog behind you, you pull over somewhere. I love the adventurous tone of Comet's little adventure. It's just, it's, it's so fun and just like, hey, he's going on a fun adventure.
and he passes Lassie, who's hanging out on a street corner, or maybe one of Lassie's descendants, I don't know. But she's got a rose on the side of her collar, just to let you know, like, this is a girl dog. There is graffiti on that mail, that postal mailbox sitting on that corner by that stop sign. So, Kama gives up chasing the Funky Frank's car, and it's like, hey, here's a pretty dog. I have not ever seen a, another dog in my life except for a, that one time in obedience school. Yeah, he's, he's probably not. Well, wait a minute. We know at some point in Comet's life, he fathered a litter of puppies. One of those puppies fathered, mothered, whatever, a litter of puppies. Hence how we get Comet Jr. Jr. And then we get Comet Jr. 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 I think that's right. It, wait, isn't it where he says Comet Jr. Jr. when Steve has a pregnant dog? And then Max says it's Comet Jr. 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 who later will be called Cosmo. Or, yeah, something like that. Yes, he get, Comet gives up on chasing the hot dog car and decides to find love with this beautiful dog. I bet they would make adorable puppies. I mean, Golden Retriever and Akali. My dog growing up as a child, her name was Elvira after the Oak Ridge Boys song, was Black Lab and Collie. She had the, you know, the long nose and she was just, she lived to be about 12. Yeah. She was the dog, yeah, she was, yeah, I remember, and she had a litter of puppies now that I think about it. Yeah. I love how this wind machine or whatever they're using is blowing this collie dog's fur. Oh, it's just, oh God, I don't know why. I just, I love it so much. She's a gorgeous collie dog. She does look like a descendant of Lassie. Oh my gosh, the audience, you hear that undertone of the audience. Ooh, it's like Comet's finding love. It, even though it is a little corny, but it's still cute in the same way. It just makes me think of, in Be you saw Beethoven, it came out in 92. And then the next year you get Beethoven second. And you're like, Beethoven's finally found love. He's having puppies with this other St. Bernard. Oh my, God. I swear. It's like, to me, whenever I see a St. Bernard in real life, it's like finding a four-leaf clover because they're few and far between. <laughs> Oh, that is my other dream dog. Has been since I was like, since I saw Beethoven in the theater. I was like, St. Bernard. Golden Retriever, St. Bernard. If I lived on a, uh, with a lot of land, I would get one of each. I love how he puts a paw right above that rose on her collar. Like, hey, you want to hang out for the afternoon? Audience is just like, woo! Go Comet! He's got himself a girlfriend! Say, you go dog! <laughs> so sweet. From the 90s. Didn't they say that in Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco? I almost said Lost in New York. No. God, you know, when I saw, you know, I covered both those movies, by the way, for the podcast. Homeward Bound 
the first one and the second one. And I remember seeing the second one and thinking, I want a third movie. <laughs> I want a third movie. Let's get that greenlit. And she seems like the 90s were all about animal movies. And then it just seems like they just kind of dropped off the wayside. I mean, you had, you know, dog movies, you know, some cat movies. And then you had, you know, you know Free Willy, Flipper, Born to be Wild, um, Dunstan Checks In, Andre, all those animal movies animal pairings. I ain't gonna play this. There isn't dialogue, but it's just I like the adventurous music as Comet is chasing this funky Frank's car and then meeting the female collie Lassie descendants. So now we're gonna. I want. I wanted to see more of Comet's adventures with the Lassie descendant dog. She does not have a name. Let's give her a name. Let's see. What can we call this gorgeous Lassie dog? Um. We'll. You know. We'll call her Cassie. I love that name. Beautiful. Beautiful. Just like Lassie. Cassie. There you go. Beautiful. Yes, we now are have arrived at the breakup of DJ and Nelson. Although I don't think Nelson could have saw that coming. And of course we got the Bay Bridge right there. This has gotta be the scene. Yeah, this has gotta be the same spot that they filmed Lori Laughlin with that camera for the opening. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that now because it literally looks like the same spot. So, instead of accepting it like a man, Nelson says, so, it's really over between us. Nothing I can do to change your mind. He's desperate. He's desperate. He sees in DJ someone who doesn't care about his money. And that's probably a real rarity for him that pretty much a lot of the girls he probably knows run in the same circle as him. They all have money and everything. And he sees DJ as someone who's not going to use him for his money and everything like that. But she's just not feeling it. You know, they're not clicking. And if you want to have a relationship, it's got to click. If it doesn't, then you're pretty much just wasting each other's time. And he goes so far as to buy you a nice bridge, perhaps? And DJ politely says, well, I mean, it would look great over my bed, but the traffic would keep me up at night. And DJ says, I'll always remember the fun we had this summer. And I don't like this line, Nelson says, so will I. I still have the receipts. It's just, ugh. It's just, it's, it's cheap and I just, I don't like it. Almost like, here, let me estimate the amount of money that I spent on us hanging out together this summer. Almost like she somehow owes him 
for that time. It just, I don't like that. The, it does kind of come off, it just comes off cringy and desperate, and I don't like it. So it's definitely over between us. There's nothing I can do to change your mind? Buy you a nice bridge, perhaps? <laughs> well, it would look great over my bed, but uh, the traffic would keep me up at night. <laughs> I'll always remember the fun we had this summer. So will I. I still have the receipts. Where in the world did Kimmy come from? As she climbs up those wooden stairs to that... Um, it's like a observation deck or something like that. She's like, DJ, don't do it! And DJ says, Kimmy, you're too late. Says, Kimmy, you're too late. It's over. And Kimmy turns to Nelson and, like, grips his chin and cheeks between her thumb and three fingers, basically her hand, and says, oh, but DJ, look at him. He's cute. He's sweet. His haircut cost, cost more than my house? And DJ has to explain it in, in the way that she can, but Kimmy's not going to listen to reason. She's, Kimmy, I'm not just going to stay with someone just because they have money. And I love how she's saying that with an earshot of Nelson. And Kimmy, who's being the selfish one, says, You are so selfish. Stephanie and Michelle from the other direct. Where are they? They're popping out of bushes and whatnot. Like, where? What? Huh? They're like, DJ, DJ. So Stephanie says, DJ, comet's lost. And DJ's like, what? What happened? Michelle explains, Uncle Jesse said I could walk him and he ran away. He ran after a giant hot dog. And Stephanie says, will you give up on the hot dog already? Would you give up on that stupid hot dog story, Michelle? And Michelle says, I told you a million times, it's true. And DJ says, look, I don't care if he was chasing a fruit cup, okay? And Michelle turns to DJ and says, why would he chase a fruit cup? He likes hot dogs. He's a carnivore. DJ says, whatever, let's just go find him. So... Nelson offers up his limo, like, hey, why don't you take my limo? You can cover more ground that way. And DJ puts a hand on Nelson's shoulder and says, thanks, Nelson, and kisses him on the cheek. And she says, goodbye. Ah, <laughs> oh, that cheek kiss was the only thing he was going to get. And oh, this ear aggravates me to no end. Kimmy says, goodbye, and she grabs him by his vest, turns him, dips him, and full-on kisses him on the mouth. And Nelson is just in utter shock. Like, what is happening to me right now? And Kimmy gives him her business card and says, here, phone, fax, beeper, I'm freeway close. Call anytime. She is chasing after DJ's leftovers, and I don't like it because that's not what a best friend does. They don't go after your ex and try to start something with them. That's just gross. It's like your mom divorcing your dad and then going after his brother or something like that. I don't know. And DJ off screen says, let's go. And Kimmy's business card is hot pink. And Nelson just kind of looks like, what the heck? What? 
this experience. Uh, <laughs> like he almost kind of lightly grins to himself. <laughs> His mind is trying to catch up with what just happened. Still have the receipts. <laughs> DJ, don't do it. Kenny, you're too late. It's over. Oh, but Deej, well, look at him. He's cute, he's sweet. His haircut costs more than my house. Kimmy, I'm not gonna stay with someone just because they have money. You are so selfish. DJ! DJ, DJ, Comet's lost. What? What happened? Uncle Jesse said I can walk him, and he ran after a giant hot dog. Did you give up that stupid hot dog story? I told you a million times, it's true. Look, I don't care if he was chasing a fruit cup. Why would he chase a fruit cup? He likes hot dogs. Whatever. Let's go find him. You know, why don't you guys take my limo? You can cover more ground that way. <coughs> Thanks, Nelson. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, Here. Phone, fax, beeper. I'm freeway closed. Call anytime. Let's go. This is so cool. I should have thought of this. That poor limo driver, because they're like, hurry, move it, let's go. Like, that poor limo driver. I feel so bad for him. So now we're going back to the house to see what Jesse has cooked up in the studio. And he's got the, he's this one-man band. He's like, Joey, I should have thought of this one-man ba band a long time ago. I mean, really, who ne needs those rippers, right? Plug that in for... There is... <laughs> an outlet, a plug that has got so many things plugged into it that is the biggest fire hazard. Ugh. Jesse even has one of those harmonicas attached by some, like, metal doodad thing around his neck. Um, did I also forget to mention that that outlet they have all these other plugs plugged into also has electrical tape around it? Yeah. And then when Joey plugs that in... He's, you hear the the electricity kind of flicker, like someone's going to get an electric shock or something. So Jesse's like, get, get away, Joey. You don't, ugh. you taught me a great lesson. Electronics and idiots don't mix. To Joey, what he's going to do here. He says, all right, look, everything's set here. Watch. First of all, we're going to start off with the drums. Pre-recorded drums. That sounds like hot garbage. I would not pay a red penny to listen to that. They'd rather probably have him just acoustic guitar up on a seat with... Yeah, exactly. Are they gonna hear him just do covers of Elvis? He has no original music of his own. Whenever he tries out a song he's been writing, it's just, it isn't good isn't even a song it's just him going from one instrument to another and just you know running his hand over it look at me i'm singing a song no you're not you're just playing different instruments for a half a second to create a sound it doesn't even sound good together either i'd rather listen to hot daddy and the monkey puppets <laughs> than listen to this just it's like someone's going into a a music studio or a music store and just starts like playing all the instruments and just running around the store like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this on the cover drums I'm gonna do this on the guitar I'm gonna do the hit some piano key 
notes and it's just ugh. and of course Joey being Jess's hype man is all like rock and roll Jess yeah Jesse keeps switching between these they're not conga drums I don't know what kind of drums they are but the kind you can just slap your palms down on and then he's got a guitar like hooked up to this like holder thing holding it in place and he's like keeps switching back between those drums and strumming on the guitar so he's not even playing a song he's just like running his hands over them and like no one is paying any money of any kind to listen to that I mean a toddler could do all that Yes, I just know. I wonder what that was, but in that drum set, I thought something moved inside of it. No, that's the reflection of John Stamos's foot moving back and forth. Joey is just rocking his head back and forth, like yeah, and and this pre-recorded music or whatever he's got playing out of this machine is starting to smoke. That is a fire hazard. And neither of them notices until it's too late. The fact that Jesse's just strumming on that guitar, eventually, whatever's connecting the, like, arm of the guitar, like, detaches itself. And then eventually, it's like all that friction and movement from Jesse going back and forth causes it to detach. And it starts, like, sliding downward. And I'm thinking, you are going to break all that equipment. And Joey's like, oh, you're smoking now, Jess. Is just smoke is pouring out of this machine. What is, this is just, it's dumb, honestly. It really is. Because Jesse is now playing the drums with his hands and using his foot to strum the guitar. This is not the Jesse Katsopoulos musician that we know. This is a man who has just lost it. His, his band dumped him, and he's just out for, I'm going to show them rippers. I'm going to be the best solo artist. <laughs> it's, it's it's sad. Come on now. I get it. They want to eat up a little time for this episode, but it's, it's, it's borderline goofball. The front on that amp just blew off, and all smoke's pouring out of that. This is so cool. I should have thought of this one-man band idea a long time ago. Who needs those rippers? Plug that thing in for me, will you? Okay. <laughs> away. Get away. Don't touch that. All right. Everything's set. Now watch this. First of all, we start off with the drums. We've got pre-recorded drums. Listen. Oh, beautiful.
You see what you've done now? I should have known it. The first rule of physics, idiots and electronics don't mix. That's the first rule? Get out, get out. I don't need you anymore. Uh, could you answer that for me, Pally? Sure, buddy. Thank you. I always liked you. Oh, you're my friend. Oh, Jesse realizes, like, this is just a big mistake. And stuff is just, smoke is just pouring out of the amp and that recording, pre-recorded machine or whatever that is. He's like, first rule of physics, idiots and electronics don't mix. And Joey says, that's the first rule. And then Jesse's like, get out, get out. I don't need you anymore. And then, of course, the phone rings. And, oh, can you answer that for me, bud? It's like, oh, yeah. And Jesse's like, I always liked you. And, and Jesse's like, yeah, you're my friend. And he picks up the phone Turns out it's Michelle. And she says, Joey, it's me. And the first thing Michelle says is, don't get mad, but we've got a big problem. And yeah, she says, we have a big, big problem. And Joey's understanding, like, what's wrong, honey? And she says, Comet ran away. And Michelle is through the sunroof or moonroof or whatever it is in this limo. And right behind her is the Hyatt Motel. She says, Comet ran away. We can't find him anywhere. Joey is the only one that's not sh shrieking when he finds out. Both DJ and Stephanie are like, what? How could you let that happen? And Joey's just calm. He's like, oh no, Michelle. How did this happen? And Michelle says, Uncle Jesse said to walk him. And Joey at first can't believe. He's like, hold on a second, Michelle. I'll be right back. Jesse, did you give Michelle permission to walk Comet? Oh, yeah, when, okay, so when Michelle says, Uncle Jesse said to walk him, and Joey's like, what? And, and, and Je Joey is irritated with Jesse, like, Jesse, did you give Michelle permission to walk Comet by herself? I'm sure that's been a rule for years, like, of course she's not gonna walk the dog by herself, she's too little. I, I mean, I don't think he, they would, <laughs> I mean, if she's too young, you know, Nikki and Alex wouldn't be able to. And Jesse, while he's trying to fix this amp, says, of course not. I remember exactly what happened. So Jesse says, I was on the phone, kind of busy. She was bugging me. She asked if she could walk comment, and I said, oh, shoot. And Jesse says, oh, I'm an idiot. He gets electrocuted by the wire of that amp that he's trying to fix. The, those machines need to be thrown out. They're done. You can't fix them. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner residence. No, it's me. Oh, hello, Michelle. Don't get mad. We've got a big, big problem. What's wrong, honey? Comet ran away. We can't find him anywhere. Oh, no, Michelle. How did this happen? Uncle Jesse said to walk him. What? Jesse, did you give Michelle permission to walk Comet by yourself? Of course not. I remember exactly what happened. I was on the phone. I was kind of busy. She was bugging me. She said, can I walk Comet? And I said... I'm an idiot. I can't tell if this is the same driver or not because it seemed like the first time we saw the Funky Frank's VW bug car, it was a lady driving, but I, I can't tell. It could be three different people for all we know. So, of course, they spot the Funky Frank's car and Michelle's like, stop, stop the car because they're in the limo. And, of course, Comet is nowhere to be found. And DJ's like, where there's a a hot dog, there's a hungry dog sure to be right around the corner. And they're they're standing on the corner shouting Comet's name and 
I feel like if he's not with the car, then where is he? Because he was chasing the car. No, Kimmy, there's millions of giant hot dogs driving around. Well, that's going to make our job even tougher. Kimmy! He's right there, right behind you, on that trolley bench with his girlfriend, Cassie the Collie. The back of that trolley car says Feral Jones... Hyde Street or something like that. Now it looks like Jesse and Joey are going to be driving around looking for Comet. They got the boys in the back of the car. And they're by this... I, I looked this up a long time ago. I cannot remember what this tall tower building is called. It's called something. But we do see it on an occasion in shots of previous episodes of Full House. I don't know what it's called. But... The... And Joey says he used to take comments for walks around this area and thinks maybe he might become, you know, have stopped around here. And Joey says, I'm just trying to think like a dog. And Jesse tells him, well, the last time you did that, you bit the mailman. And Joey says, he was teasing me. And <laughs> Jesse calls him biscuit brain. Look, we don't have time for this. We can't find Comet, you know, the further he gets away from us and the more that Michelle is going to hate me. And Joey says, compared to Danny, or compared to Michelle, Danny, or, ugh, says Coit Tower, okay. Yeah, Joey says, well, compared to Danny, Michelle's going to be a love fest. And Jesse remembers that Danny and Becky are down by the wharf. For uh, like an afternoon, wake up San Francisco show. Yeah, he's down doing a remote with Becky, so rem on a remote location. And just ask Joey, what are we going to tell him? And Joey says, we're not going to tell him anything. You're going to tell him. Like, you got us all into this mess. This is your fault, Jesse. So, yeah. Good luck. So, one of the twins is like, Daddy, look up there. And those kids got really amazing vision. Because Jesse's like, yeah, boys, I know it's a giant tower. And when the, the car drives away, we see Comet with his girlfriend, who I'm calling Cassie the Collie, up there hanging out. Jesse says, if we want to find Comet, we're going to have to look for a giant fire hydrant. And as Jesse's driving out of this area, the kids are like, bye! They see Comet up there. Those kids got dang good vision for four years. Uh, four years old. Hey, Jess, pull over. Why are we at Coit Tower? I take Comet for walks up here. Maybe he came back. I'm just trying to think like a dog. The last time he did that, you bit the mailman. <laughs> he was teasing me. 
We don't have time for this biscuit brain. Every second we spend here, the dog's getting further away, and Michelle's gonna hate me more and more. Oh, well, compared to Danny, Michelle's gonna be a love fest. Danny, that's right. He's down at the wharf doing a remote with Becky. What are we gonna tell him? We're not gonna tell him anything. You're gonna tell him. Daddy, no! I'm scared! Yeah, I know, boys. It's a giant tower. If we want to find Kama, we're gonna have to look for a giant fire hydrant. Those kids got amazing vision, because they're like right there. A blonde dog, they just stick out. Danny and Becky are down there doing a remote for Wake Up San Francisco. They're down at the wharf. And Becky says, this is a special afternoon edition of Wake Up San Francisco. And I like how Danny's like, well, in that case, I guess it's, how was lunch, San Francisco? Oh, uh, Becky's talking about the street performers that are there. It just looks like a fun place. A lot of different things going on. We got some guy twirling a baton that is lit on fire on both ends. We see someone selling tie-dye shirts. And here comes Jesse and Joey with the twins interrupting Jesse and Becky's broadcast. Oh boy. I feel just because they're family that they can just jump in here while this is being recorded live. It's live. And that the family can just say, we're, we're family, it's fine. It's an emergency. And Jesse says, look, uh, Danny, we have a problem. And Danny turns to the camera and says, cut. And Becky says, Danny, we can't cut because we're live at Aquatic Park. Danny says, uh, uncut. And I love how Jesse, like, waves to the camera. And the same with Joey. They're both wearing sunglasses. And this is never a good way to start something when you have bad news. Listen, before I say anything, I want you to know this whole thing is entirely my fault. Danny, along with all of us, is just like, oh, I hate stories that start like that. So Becky pulls the camera crew, like, hey, why don't we have a nice long look over here at Rollo, the human mannequin? Becky says, maybe he'll move. Let's watch. So Becky, along with Joey and whatever twin he's holding at the time, is going to watch and see if this man blinks. And now we got Danny and Jesse off to the side, and Danny says, Jess, this better be important. The Bay Area is waiting for a man to blink. So, Jesse says, look, um, I let Michelle walk Comet by herself, and he ran away. You could just as easily say, instead of ran away, like, uh, he took off. Danny's like, what? Little girl, big dog? What's the matter with you? Like, my child could have been killed and pulled into traffic. The responsibility is like, I know, I totally blew it. I'm completely irresponsible. And Jesse continues, I'm totally negligent. I, What are you looking at? Because he's looking at the mannequin. Uh, <laughs> Jesse says, what are you smiling at? Looking at uh, Rollo, the human mannequin. And Becky nervously, she's trying to keep this together. She says, he's smiling because we're still live at Aquatic Park. Like, can we wrap this up so we can... Danny and I will still have jobs tomorrow. And... J Danny says, yes, that's right, Rebecca. As much as we all love watching Rollo age, Danny says, I would like to make a special plea right now to the viewers who haven't switched over to Uncle Kenny's Cartoon Carnival. Danny says, I've just been notified that our family dog, Comet, is missing. Well, he probably figures like, hey, this is live, so people watching this can be aware that our dog is missing. 
of course, here come DJ and Kimmy and Stephanie and Michelle. And Stephanie says, Dad, Dad, Comet is missing. And Danny says, I've just been notified again. Look, well, these kids think it's just totally cool that they can just jump in while this show is being broadcast live. Like, it's okay. You won't matter. The people on the station know. The cameramen know us. It's fine. We do this all the time. And Stephanie says he was chasing a giant hot dog. At first I didn't believe Michelle, but then I owed her from a time I actually did believe her, so it's all cool. I mean, they could have specified, Michelle could have specified it's a truck, or it's a vehicle called Frankie Franks that has a molded hot dog on top of the roof. Uh, Stephanie says, it's okay because I owed her from a time she lied and I did believe her. Like, okay. I love how Michelle is just smiling and nodding the whole time. Like, yep, yep. And Becky is just like, well, you never know what's going to happen here live at Aquatic Park. And DJ is like, oh, we're live? Oh, I hate this dress. And she goes to pull Kimmy in front of her. Yeah, she goes to pull Kimmy in front of her, but Kimmy reaches and grabs Danny's microphone. And Danny just is like, ugh, Kimmy. Yeah, Kimmy wants to get her 15 minutes or less of fame. And she pretty much is advertising herself to all the eligible boys and men of the Bay Area. And she says, hi, I'm Kimmy Gibbler. I like long walks on the beach, sunsets, and men covered with gravy. Ew, that's nasty. And I love how Stephanie's smiling. I like how Jessie goes in and pulls Kimmy by the top of her hair just backwards. And then Joey takes the microphone out of her hand. And Joey starts off good. I mean, at least we know what kind of dog to look for. He's like, folks, if you find a golden retriever, light brown, medium build, he's got a black wet no oh god. And this is where he just goes off and veers into weird, creepy territory. Light brown? Common is full on blonde. He is not a light brown dog. Yeah, he starts talking about Comet's nose and how it feels kind of cold and tingly when he sticks it between your toes. When he presses his nose up against your bare feet, hence Joey's feet. Yeah, he just starts going into disgusting territories. Like, sometimes he'll stick his tongue right between your toes and, like, Joey, this is very uncomfortable right now. In fact, I'm surprised that Rollo isn't just giving Joey the stink eye, like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you gotta see when Joey says that sometimes he'll stick his tongue right between your toes, Becky is right behind him and you just see the look of just surprise and like, what? Did he just, like, did he just say that on live television? <laughs> Go back and watch this scene. Because I don't know whether, I mean, whether Lori Laughlin's surprised. Like, wow, did he just, did he just say that? And he finally is like, okay, I gotta stop this. Abort, abort. Pulls the microphone from Joey and says, Joey, that's a little more than we need to know. Thank you. <laughs> gotten their weirded out moment for 1994. <laughs> and... Danny pleads to the, the audience, like, hey, folks, look, if you've ever lost a dog, you know how we feel. Danny says he answers to the name of Comet. Granted, if he had, he probably would have come when we called him. Well, if he really answered that, he would have come when we called him. <laughs> and 
Danny says, his name's on his dog tag. His Our phone number's on it. We're there. Please just call day or night. Please call 24 hours a day. We'll be there. Well, even if they found him, nobody would be home at this moment. So Danny's like, hey, Michelle, is there anything you want to add, sweetie? And he hands the microphone to Michelle. And Michelle makes this plea directly to Comet. So, Michelle says, Comet, if you're lost, remember, we live on Gerard Street, right next to your favorite fire hydrant. Your favorite hydrant. One that smells like your pee for years and years. Michelle says, gee, boy, I hope you're not out there scared and alone. I'm pretty sure he's not. And Michelle says, because we love you and miss you, and we want you to come home as soon as possible. Okay, boy? And Comet and his girlfriend, Cassie the Collie, who I've named, are seeing just this, like, ten televisions in this window. <laughs> and he finally was like, yeah, they do miss me. Uh, I gotta go. It was nice hanging out with you, girl, but I, I got a family I gotta go back to. I gotta help produce the free future lineage, comet lineage so we can get Cosmo in about 26 years. Yeah, and the way that he's like, look, I, I gotta go, okay? Um, I gotta help produce the uh, uh, my future great-grandson, Cosmo. So, yeah, he puts a paw on her, like, bye-bye, it was nice seeing you, I'll probably never see you again. And then he just takes his paw and just goes across her head <laughs> and down her ear. <laughs> it's just cute the way he does that. And the dog just sits there like, oh, okay. And he takes off. And Cassie the Collie says, I'll never know love like the love of Comet Tanner. I'll miss him. Whenever the wind blows your name, it will whisper, I'm Rebecca Donaldson. And I guess that would make me Danny Tanner. And this is a special afternoon edition of Wake Up San Francisco. So I guess it's more like, how was lunch, San Francisco? <laughs> We're here live at Aquatic Park near Fisherman's Wharf for a special report on one of San Francisco's most unique and entertaining assets, its street performance. Hey, Danny! Sorry, listen, um, Danny, we have a problem. Cut! Danny, we can't cut. We're live at Aquatic Park. Uncut. Uh, listen, before I say anything, I just want you to know up front, this whole thing was my fault. Okay. I hate stories that start like that. Uh, well, why don't we have a nice long look over here at Rollo, the human mannequin. <laughs> Maybe he'll move. Let's watch. This is better be important. The entire Bay Area is waiting for a man to blink. I know. Listen, I, uh... I let Michelle walk Comet by herself, and, uh, he ran away. What? Little girl, big dog, what's the matter with you? I, I know, I totally blew it. I'm, I'm completely irresponsible. I'm, I'm, I'm totally negligent. I... What are you smiling at? I'm smiling because we're still live at Aquatic Park. Yes, that's right, Rebecca, and as much as we all love watching Rollo age, I would like to make a special plea right now to all the viewers who haven't yet switched over to Uncle Kenny's Cartoon Carnival. I I've just been notified that our, our family dog, Comet, is missing. Dad, Dad, Comet is missing. I've just been notified again. He was chasing a giant hot dog. At first, I didn't believe Michelle, but it's okay, because I owed her from a time that she lied, and I did believe her. 
Well, you never know what's going to happen here live at Aquatic Park. <laughs> We're live? Oh, I hate this dress. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kimmy Gibbler. Kimmy. I like long walks on the beach, sunsets, and men covered with gravy. Uh, folks, find a gold retriever, light brown, medium build. Please He's got a, a black, wet nose that, well, feels kind of cold and tingly when he, you know, presses it up against your bare feet. Sometimes he'll stick his tongue right between your toes and then... <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, folks, Gross. Uh, if you've ever lost your dog, you know how we feel. Uh, he answers to the name of Comet, all, although uh, if you really answered to that, he would have come when we called him. His name's on his dog tag, and uh, our phone number's on it. Please call 24 hours a day. We'll, we'll be there. Uh, Michelle, honey, is there anything you'd like to add, sweetie? Comet, if you're lost, remember, we live on Gerard Street right next to your favorite hydrant. Gee, boy, I hope you're not out there scared and alone, because we love you and miss you. And we want you to come home as soon as you can. Okay, boy? That is interesting because Jesse is coming out, not the normal back door by the kitchen table, but by the back door that's across from the, uh, it's near the laundry room almost. It's nighttime. I'm sure they've driven around the neighborhood. He shouted out Comet's name to no avail. Michelle is holding Comet's pork chop that has his, you know, his slobber on it. Well, probably not. Because she's like, oh, it's not the same without slobber on it. Jesse actually has posted. Yeah, he made up some reward posters for Comet. It's got his picture on there and he's going to post it on every single telephone pole in San Francisco. And, yeah, she's just kind of hanging her arms over over the railing there of the the porch. And Jesse comes over kind of bops her on the head with those rolled up lost reward, you know, lost dog reward posters for, you know, Comet. And he's like, hey, Shorty, how you doing? And she's like, I miss Comet. Like, yeah, I can imagine. Especially it's a dog you've known all, pretty much all your life. I mean, I don't think she could remember a time where Comet wasn't in her life. And Jesse says, yeah, yeah, we all do. And Michelle says, remember how you used to chew on his rubber pork chop? And she squeaks it. And she just half-heartedly throws it out on her lawn. And she says, it's not the same without slobber. So Michelle turns to Jesse and in anger she asks, why did you let me walk Comet alone? What were you thinking? And Jesse says, well, that's just the problem, sweetheart. I wasn't thinking. You know, I was so upset about, you know, the Rippers dumping me and just trying to show them up like I didn't need them anymore that I just, I lost focus. I just, like, I was so hurt by this Rippers thing that I could think about was showing them up and proving I didn't need them anymore. Well, thank goodness you didn't. Uh, I don't think he would have done that, uh, that showcase or that gig by himself that would have just been really ridiculous and yeah jesse's just kind of telling her about how she he, he just feels so down it's like i didn't listen to them and you know they were right i have lost my passing passion for the music but i don't think it's your passion for the music it's just you have all these other things in your life now that are taking top priority 
And Jesse's like, you know, he's sitting in a chair now, and he's got Michelle up on his knee, and he says, you know, and then what happened? I let you walk Comet? I mean, could have been pulled out into the street? You could have been hurt? And Michelle says, Uncle Jesse, I'm fine. I'm just worried about Comet. Like, sweetie, Comet is a big... He can take care of himself. He is a smart dog. And he probably just needed some time to, you know, get away by himself once in a while. And Jesse says, I know, we all are. I'm really sorry. And he calls her Shorty. As one of his many nicknames for her, aside from Munch Munchkin. And she says, it's okay, Uncle Jesse. And she hugs him. I think right now, Jesse is going to get the worst outfit as far as whatever that butter leather faux leather jacket thing he's wearing it's just it's not appealing at all on John Stamos and Michelle asks the question what if Comet never comes home and Jesse says oh Comet's gonna come home because I'm gonna post these signs all over the neighborhood and all over San Francisco on every single telephone pole Jesse has colored photos of Comet it just says lost dog on there and Jesse says, I'm going to plaster these posters all over the city. I'm going to be out there day and night looking for him until he comes home. And Michelle says, since we hear that squeaky sound, and she says, I miss him so much, I can still hear his pork chop. And Jesse says, me too. Like, hmm, me, yeah, so can I. And then she looks, she's like, I can see him too. And she hops off Jesse's lap and runs over to Comet. And Jesse's like, hey, everybody, get out of here. Comet's back. Yeah. Jesse's like, me too, Comet, you came back. Yeah, the whole family comes out. I'm like, oh, Comet. And they're like, hi, baby. And Danny says, oh, we really miss you, boy. And of course, Michelle says, Comet, I sure wish you could talk. I'd love to know what you did all day. And of course, we see this little thought heart bubble of his girlfriend, Cassie the Collie. I've named her Cassie. <laughs> and that is how the episode ends. Jordy, how you doing? I miss Comet. Yeah, we all do. Remember how he used to chew on his rubber pork chop? It's not the same without slobber. <laughs> Why did you let me walk Comet alone? What were you thinking? Well, that's the problem, Michelle. I wasn't thinking. I was so hurt by this Rippers thing that I... All I could think about was showing them up, you know, proving that I didn't need them. And I didn't listen to them. They were absolutely right, you know. I, I did kind of lose my passion for the music. And then what happened, right? I let you walk Comet. I mean, you could have been pulled out in the streets. You could have been hurt. Uncle Jesse, I'm okay. I'm just worried about Comet. You are. I'm really sorry, Shorty. It's okay, Uncle Jesse. What if Comet never comes home? Oh, Comet's gonna come home. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plaster these posters all over the city, and I'm gonna go out and look for him night and day until he comes back. I miss him so much, I can still hear his pork chop. Mm. Sick and I. I can see him, too! Me too, Comet, you came back! Good boy. Good boy. Hey, everybody, comments back.
Like I said, that was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. So worst outfit. Oh boy. Let's see. Here we go. I'm gonna go with, like I said, Jesse's kind of buttery yellowish leather jacket at the very end of the episode. And DJ's dress that she said that she hated it was ugh, not great either. Um, best outfit? I actually want to give it to Nikki and Alex in the beginning of the episode with their sleeveless plaid hooded shirts they were wearing with the backwards cats. I thought that was just so adorable. Runner up for best outfit, I think I want to give it to Michelle. I did like her overalls with the little flower power looking flower petals, you know, on, on the front. I thought it was it was cute. So yeah. Tanner Teachable moment. We all know like the if you have a big dog, you are gonna want to make sure that you can handle walking it. Cause, and and not to mention, or even they could have had her like, you know, Michelle, you're not able to walk him by yourself, but you could walk him with me. And then as you get older, and I feel that you are capable of handling him, then you eventually can walk him by yourself. And it just, uh, yeah, Jesse was, but then again, I mean, and I'm not throwing blame on Michelle, but she knew what the answer was. Everyone said, why are you walking him by? You, you know you're not supposed to do that. Then she should have known enough not to ask. And if Comet had to go that bad that his legs were crossed, take him into the backyard and let him go in the backyard. I mean, I'm sure Danny's going to have a fit. Because the grass is going to die. It's, come on, it's fine. It's not a big deal. So the grass is going to die. Just cut the grass and it'll grow back. I, I don't know anything about reseeding grass and dogs peeing all over the grass and it turning yellow or ruining the grass or whatever. But, yeah, it, he could have, yeah, she could have just as easily, like, if he had to go that bad, just take him out in the backyard. It'll be fine. It's not a big deal. It's a one-time thing. Unless he's been trained so much that he won't go pee outside in the backyard. Like, no, I can't do that. I have to go for a walk in order to go to the bathroom and relieve myself. <laughs> so, yeah, just Tanner Teachable moments with just kids. If you know, the answer is going to be no, especially when it comes to walking the family dog and you're not big enough. You need to understand that, that that could turn out to be a risky situation. Yeah, a dog can easily see something and dash off. And if you are hanging, I have heard of a grown adults injuring themselves because their hand got caught in the leash that they were holding and that their dog just took off after something. Yeah. Someone I worked with mangled their hand because it got caught in the leash and their dog took off. 
and basically, yeah, they, they messed up their hand and they really couldn't use it right again. And this was a, that's what I'm even thinking, like, not just kids that haven't reached that, 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 I honestly, for walking a dog, I'm gonna say you probably gotta be at least maybe 12 or older, depending on, and have a parent with you at least until they feel capable that you can do that on your own. Another thing, any, I don't know. Um, I'm not trying to put age limits on dog walking and stuff. It's like whatever you feel comfortable with. But I've heard that people that are like in their late 60s, 70s, even walking a smaller dog can be a bit much because of the high energy. And just a dog, like I said, a dog can just take off after something. And you could be, like, knocked off your feet. They could get the leash, like, caught up in your feet and you could trip. It just, it, that's why I strongly recommend, even for someone who does not own a dog anymore, but would like to in the future, obedience is key. Obedience school, obedience training, how to make sure that your, your dog is walking in the correct manner with you so they know that you are the one that is in control and you are the one that is holding the end of the leash. That's why they do, for bigger dogs, they do make things like the gentle leader that goes around like the face. I've seen dogs like that where they have the leash kind of like muzzle is just on the mouth and that way you're directing the head instead of pulling on the neck of the dog or even just a harness as another thing for a bigger dog so that way you feel more in control and you're letting the dog know you step out of line I'm going to be correcting this behavior like you're not in charge right now I'm in charge that kind of thing and this is from someone who <laughs> when I had my dogs and stuff and I would well honestly I'm going to be completely honest our dog Elvira Never had a collar, never had a leash. We lived out in the country. Delilah, the dog I got when I was 14, 13, 14, did have a collar. I tried a leash with her on occasion, but usually, I mean, being out in the country, I mean, she'd just walk right beside me. Um, I'm getting visions of when I would just go for walks. She would follow me, and then whatever cat I had at the time would also follow me and go on the walk with me just walking from the house and it would just <laughs> the cat would be like a few a distance away like I'm not really with them but I'm just walking independently <laughs> it was just funny but I really love this episode I wanted to cover it because you know in honor of golden retriever day I wasn't able to do it last year but I'm happy I, was, I could do it this year and this will be up later tonight so yeah any of you have golden retrievers, hug your golden puppies, dogs for me. Give them a hug for me. And I hope, like I said, I hope to be a golden retriever owner one day in my life, hopefully before I turn 50. So hopefully maybe in the next five years, you know, when I'm 45 or something like that. I don't know. Fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. So <laughs> have a great night. And yeah. If you want to email the podcast again, omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to leave a review for the podcast, just go on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Full House, 
Polar House podcast, Oh My Life, Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. And join me tomorrow for the first episode of the Dating Disaster series with Triple Date. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great night.